you are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter from Rams Podcast, but this is Locked On Rams. This is the Wednesday edition of Locked On Rams, and we have got the man, the myth, the legend, James Kroger joining us. I am all the way out in Chicago. You are in Los Angeles or in the nearby areas. How are you doing, bud? How's everything holding out on the West Coast? Everything's great on the West Coast, Bear. We got some sunshine out here in the greater Los Angeles area, and I'm loving it. Definitely missing you in person, but I hope you're having a good time out there in the Midwest. Yeah, I'm looking out the window here, and it's looking like it's about to storm. It's been pretty muggy the last couple days. Uh, It was really hot. It was like in the like high 90s the other day and you could feel it but now i'm looking out and looks like it's about to about to bring the thunder is it humid yeah yeah pretty pretty humid sweating just thinking about it yeah it's just a just different kind of heat man but we're here today to talk uh los angeles rams we're excited as we have the final preseason game on thursday not really anything too exciting going to be coming out of that game. I mean, I may be overstepping my boundaries here at the same time with saying that because there's still a lot of people fighting for a roster spot. And we'll get into that a little bit later. We'll talk a little bit more on injury updates, some other things that are going on with the team as far as uh, those roster spots we're talking about, a few things that came out from a press conference with Sean McVay, and then we'll just kind of go back and forth on uh, maybe some people that are on the bubble and... Uh, see who's going to make the team and who's going to get bumped over to the practice squad. We'll find out here soon. Uh, But that final game away in New Orleans uh, will be happening on Thursday, and we'll talk about that game just a bit too. That's right, Bear. And uh, speaking of of that game leading into it, are we, everybody's so anxious for regular season game one. Is this technically going to be the most, even though we are playing New Orleans, is this going to be the most boring preseason game? Because, you know, game one, we're all excited football's back. We love preseason game one until like halftime, until it gets boring. Game two was our first home game uh, facing Oakland. In Game 3, we got to see some of our starters. So going into Game 4, I don't know. I'm kind of looking a little bit ahead into uh, regular season Game 1. But you're right. There's definitely a lot to talk about as far as who's going to make the cut here on September 1st. So I would definitely have a lot to get into. But, uh, yeah, question for you. Is this – am I the only one thinking this may be the least exciting preseason game? No, I think you're spot on there. And if you look back even in the history of the preseason game four, it's always the most boring game. Starters never play. Um, you know, you're starting to really look at some of those guys that, uh, you know, you got 90 guys on, on the roster right now. You got to cut it down to 53. So you're going to see a lot of that other half of that 90 players uh, getting some playing time. We even saw the Rams just signed running back Larry Rose again, brought him back. Uh, I think really more as someone that potentially added to the practice squad, but is brought in for really get some reps and and maybe give uh, John Kelly and Malcolm Brown a little bit of a breather on Saturday as well, or on Thursday as well. So yeah, very much a boring game for the fans. But as a coach, uh, you're looking at those last few spots and figuring out how deep are the wide receivers going to go, how deep are the cornerbacks going to go, things like that. So for McVay, right. pretty important. Right, exactly. And when I saw the news of Larry Rose signing this morning, at first I was like, like re-signing him? And I'm thinking, what about 
What about John Kelly? I've been so excited to watch him during the preseason. I really want him to be able to uh, do well in this game. But I got to keep in mind, John Kelly with his 42 carries is actually right now second among uh, rookie running backs. So he, we've we've been able to see him. I think Coach is happy with him, and he probably doesn't want to risk anything going into the Saints game. I think Larry Rose is going to uh, probably be there for this game, get some opportunity to to get some playing time, and we we may not see him again for a while. You're right, probably make the practice squad. But just to let you guys know a little history with. With him, he's uh, undrafted free agent out of New Mexico State. For stats, he rushed for 4,558 yards and 37 touchdowns in his four seasons there. He also caught 133 passes for 1,157 yards. So it kind of sounds like a dual threat, just kind of like our, our main man Todd Gurley can catch the ball and run with the ball pretty well. So should still be fun to, to watch him and see what he's able to do. Yes, definitely. And and as we're kind of talking about some of the people that are playing or not playing on on Thursday, I keep wanting to put this game on Saturday. It's kind of a weird last <laughs> last regular season game. Rookie linebacker Obo Okoronko will remain on the pup list and most likely will remain there for the first six games if he is on that list as of September 4th, which McVeigh kind of said he expects him to be uh, still there. He's coming off foot surgery. Uh, McVeigh kind of talked about it and said that it's not really healing as fast as they would like it to. And at this point, there's really no reason to rush him onto the active roster if one he can't play just be sitting there taking up a spot and then two they really want to mm-hmm. you know kind of make sure that he's 100 percent when they bring him out although you know you look at it it was a fifth round pick but they really expect him to kind of step in and do some things when he's actually fully healthy so uh we we sadly won't probably see him until about week six or seven i think you have to sit out for the first six so we'd see him week seven uh coming back off that injury uh, but no oboe no obesey a little sad there as far as that news goes. And then uh, as far as playing time on Saturday, uh, McVay also talked about uh, the two that we finally just saw, which was Longacre and Easley, and kind of mentioned that you know he was excited to get them mm-hmm. out there and have them run around a little bit, but uh, doesn't expect them to play in the finale either because he has kind of long-term visions of what they're going to do for this uh, roster throughout the season. So he wants to make sure that they come in healthy. But he was excited to get them out there, let them run around, obviously – Longacre ended up with a sack, uh, easily did some things out there. So excited to see both those guys out, but we will not be seeing him on Thursday as well. As well as probably Gerald Everett, because reports show that he is back at practice. Uh, he hasn't been able to practice for the last three weeks, and it really isn't doing too well with him. It, this injury wasn't really a result of one play, but a lot of wear and tear over time. I don't expect him to play at all this week on Thursday, but <laughs> just a little bit of good news for the for the Rams. It looks like he will be ready for week one. So uh, some injury updates there on Everett. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how he's going to be when he comes back because we just got a little bit of him uh, early in training camp. Obviously, he was at OTAs, uh, but it'll be kind of you know something to watch as he comes off injury. Shoulder, you know, you get tackled to the ground a little rough one time, and you know the, there, the, there goes that shoulder again. So that's going to be something to watch and see how he how healthy he truly is. They have held him out a lot, so maybe that is the point. Kind of we were just talking about oboe is that. They really want to make sure that their guys are ready and they're not going to be pushing anybody back. No need this early in the season. So um, obviously we haven't seen much of anybody on the offense really, but uh, especially at tight end, that was kind of one of the positions coming in where we thought there was about four guys for three spots. It really ended up being Higby's job to lose at this point. And uh, with Mm. Everett coming back, you know, really probably sliding into that two spot. 
uh, and then Hemingway at the, at the three spot, and that's probably where our tight end situation will look there. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about some of the other roster things uh, going on on the second half of the show. So, Bear, uh, you know, talking about these injuries and and whether it's related to practice long term or just stuff we've seen around the NFL, Jerry Jones came out today and said that he would prefer to have 18 games and only two preseason games uh, moving forward. And, you know, I, I posted on Twitter about it. There's been I'd like to hear your side of, of the opinion here, because you think about the fact of how many people get injured during the all four preseason games. And then, you know, McVay sort of setting a new trend as far as not really starting the starters, especially offensively during the preseason. Everybody's kind of looking at him like, what are you doing? But I think it's a smart idea. With that said, we got Tom Brady playing preseason and Russell Wilson. So, uh, you know, I've always been a fan of what McVay's doing as far as not starting these guys all four games uh, due to the risk of injury because we rely so heavily on all of them, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But what's your take on that whole 18-game regular season schedule and only two preseason games versus what we have now? Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have to format those four preseason games and either slide two into the regular season or keep it four in the preseason, I would definitely vote to move it up. I don't think you're going to see... A up to 18. I don't think you're going to see a like decrease in injuries because it's football. Like they're just going to get hurt in the first two weeks. If they're going to get hurt in the first two weeks, like it's going to happen. Uh, whether it's you know preseason game two or regular season game two, uh, injuries are a part of this game. But I do agree with you on the uh, the point of you know McVeigh's kind of really drawing a line in the sand and saying I'm not going to start my offensive starters for that reason. And you'll see a lot of people probably start to kind of play around with that in preseason. Uh, you mentioned Tom Brady and some of those other uh, teams that you know are pretty elite, and they you know ran their guys out there a little bit. Uh, but it's always interesting to see how everyone takes to it and to see what the NFL is going to do about it because it's slowly becoming a um, a point of conversation over the last you know couple years. And I don't know. I'm I'm all for adding two more games to the regular season, but then. Uh, you're talking about do they then maybe look at giving a second buy? You know, how long does the season end up running? You know, that's a lot of take on the body. So if you go not only 18 regular season, you make a run into the Super Bowl, you're you're playing over 20 games. Um, that's a lot of contact for football. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how they look at it and then how they really try to implement it if that was something. Uh, but Jerry Jones, right? He's probably looking at it from a money standpoint too, thinking like, you know, how many people does he need to fill in that stadium to break even, let alone make some money? Um, so two preseason games where he's got, you know, and he's got a hundred thousand steep stadium and, you know, maybe there's 20,000 people in there. I, I don't, you know, I don't know if they're you know losing money on this deal or what, but it makes sense to kind of crank it up and make those official. And uh, if you really want to make some money, that's when the people are going to show. But I know they've got TV right deals and, you know, concessions and all these other things that go into them making money. But uh, I'm sure you make more money in a regular season than you do in a preseason. So that's probably part of his uh, push as well, is since he's a money man, is trying to make that dough. But I'm, I'm with you, James. Uh, I probably would be good with 18 games. Uh, but I don't know how those players would feel about it. Uh, you, know, you heard Todd Gurley talking about he wants to get rid of the preseason. But uh, we'll see how that kind of develops over time. Yeah, I agree. And that's a good perspective talking about Jerry Jones and the ad money because we all know, especially as we get later into the year, you're going to make so much more money from one, people attending the games, and two, TV and ad money with those extra two weeks. Talk about the 
multiple millions of dollars that's going to be made from from having two extra regular season NFL games. But at the same time, it works well with the fans' perspective. I mean, I've I'm so anxious for football to start, and this this last week is just killing me. And you know, it's just it's just prone to injury. We don't get to see uh, too many starters play, and if they do, they don't play for too long. So it's really an opportunity for guys to try to make the team. I. I, I'm leaning towards it, but of course I'm I'm watching on my couch with a beer in my hand. I'm not one of the players going through the the hell of injury scares and and putting your body through that for an additional two weeks. But you're right. I mean, you made a good point in the beginning. It'd be ideal if we can get uh, an additional buy or some sort of way for them to get a, a few more breaks um, throughout the the season if that was part of the scenario. But just wanted to get your take on that because I thought it was an interesting point and. Uh, um, yeah, I think it's – I'm for it because I, I love football and I'd be down for two more games. <laughs> for real, definitely. Uh, well, you're, we're talking money here. Let's. This is a good little transition to uh, talk about one of our sponsors here on the show, uh, mybookie.ag. Guys, go check it out. Remember, now that we are talking about getting into the regular season, uh, get a lot of people reaching out, talking about betting advice and you know who to bet for and what's the over-under. But you got to remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, this is somewhere I go and take my money and get paid. That's what I love about it. My bookie's been in business for years. They have great reviews online. Their mobile site is easy and safe to use. Lay down some cash, win big today. All you have to do is join my bookie and they will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Use promo code locked on to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's MyBookie. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON when you're creating the account to claim the bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. James, I know uh, last year I got you on there. We got to jump back over, get some bets going. I feel really comfortable about the money we can put down on the Rams. And I'm actually got to look at what they have. I, I, I uh, don't know it off the top of my head, but what their, uh, what their projection is as far as Rams to win the Super Bowl I know when I was in Vegas, it was like six to one. Uh, I'll have to. I'll be curious to see mm. what it is on my bookie. So go check it out. Throw some money down. Reach out to me about some of the bets you're doing. I am James knows it. He can get me to gamble on anything. Um, we did. Uh, <laughs> we had a bet for Mannion in his first two drives to see if he throw an uh, interception for some push-ups. So uh, if you guys got a good hot take on a team or a bet. Shoot me a message. Let me know. I'm down to jump on board. But we'll do it together with my bookie. All right, we're going to be right back. We're going to have one more word from a sponsor. We're going to be back with James. We're going to talk about what we're doing at that O-line position to fill in for Brown, how we're going to look at the rest of the roster, and uh, some things we have coming up for the game this week. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. This is your host, Bear Motter. We've got James Kroger with us. This is the Wednesday edition of Locked On Rams. Guys, don't forget, go hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify. Uh, look us up on social, at Rams Podcast, at Locked On Rams, at LA underscore Rambling Bear, and at Kroger 3 Woo! Hit us up. James is always doing some awesome polls on Rams Podcast and putting up some good content, so make sure to interact over there. Uh, you mentioned your poll you did about the 18 games. I definitely voted 18. Uh, we'll, uh, where'd that end up at uh, with the last you checked? Last I checked, it was about 60 to 70. I'm sorry, it was about 67% uh, with the 18 games and a couple comments. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Good stuff. Um, well, another kind of hot topic that you know we talked a lot early in training camp and then it 
kind of died down a little bit. But when we start to get closer to the season, it's really got to be ironed out. Uh, and McVeigh kind of keeps uh, leaning towards a certain way. And what I'm talking about right now is that offensive line spot that we have to fill for two games while Jamon Brown is out mm. for his suspension. His his old uh, I smoked weed like a year and a half ago thing. <laughs> um, so we kind of came into this as Austin Blythe being the guy we thought would really you mm-hmm. know get the go. And then with all of our draft picks, and we saw a lot of people in that role as far as uh, Demby and Allen and Noteboom, and we kind of had this, I don't know who it's going to be, but as we get closer and closer, and I want to hear your take on this as well, James, um, it sounds like McVeigh is leaning towards Austin Blythe, and he kind of was quoted calling him a star-caliber player. Uh, And then kind of looking at his past and what he's done, uh, you know, he's really the only one that has some experience, right, in, in playing in these regular season games and coming in and he's done well in all of his previous appearances. Uh, you know, he's a versatile guy on the line. He can he's could play center as well. And like I mentioned, that big league experience is I think is really what gonna win him the job at the end of the day. Uh but talk to me about your thoughts about those first two games and what direction you think they should go and you know, are they gonna rotate a little bit there or is it really blithe the whole way? I would honestly, you know, I heard McVeigh say that, but the way that I've seen Joe Noboom play in the preseason so far, he's super mobile. He's been playing tackle, guard. This guy is six foot five, three hundred and nine pounds, and I think the Rams are continuing to get him more and more play time. So while McVeigh is currently saying that Austin Blythe, who's six two, two ninety eight, will right now uh, start for Jamon Brown, I honestly wouldn't be surprised at all if halfway through that game or maybe even game two, we see Noteboom give some action in there because I've been really impressed with his pass blocking and his hustle uh, on the offensive side of the ball. And I really wouldn't be surprised if they tried to split the time between the two and, and give Noteboom some opportunities. Yeah, it's going to be you know one of those things you got to keep an eye on because you never know what's going to happen as far as injury. The good thing that I, mm-hmm. I can say is that looking at the team and looking where we're at is we went from you know having and still do have one of the best offensive lines in football and, and, a, and a group that stayed healthy all last season, right? But we're starting this year with Jamon Brown out, and you can't really expect every year to be that healthy. So to know that we've got Austin Blythe and Noteboom and Allen and Demby and Cornelius Lucas, or as James says, Cornelius Lucas. <laughs> I was just uh, going to do that. <laughs> um, so we've got, we've got a bunch of big guys and guys that have now stepped in in some preseason for those young guys and proved that they could really um, you know, come in and, and help at multiple positions. You've seen – you talked about how Blythe has been moving up and down the line. Uh, they've been throwing – Noteboom and Allen and Demby all around as well, which is awesome. Get those guys some experience at some different positions. And they've got the likes of Whitworth and Saffold to kind of, uh, you know, pick the brain on. So uh, it's I'm really excited about our offensive line. I mean, we were uh, there was we got excited last year when we picked up, you know, uh, Whitworth and Sullivan to add to the line. And then the way they performed to see how we added to the depth there uh, is really exciting. So we'll see what McVeigh actually does. Um, I'll be interesting. You mentioned kind of split time. I'd love to see, you know, what his take is on that. If they want to just get some continuity and just plug one guy in and stick with it, or if they are going to kind of uh, maybe dibble and dabble on the offensive side and see what uh, is the best fit. 
And a whole another aspect to that is, you know, uh, before the suspension of Jamon Brown, this team basically the offensive line started all games last year together. So one one other piece of this is who's going to fit best with the chemistry and the flow of this offensive line. We're we're dealing with veterans here, Andrew Whitworth and John Sullivan. Um, specifically. So, you know, these guys, Whitworth is one of the oldest guys in the league. Uh, so this guy also has to fit uh, chemistry wise with the energy of, of what the veterans are bringing to the table. So, you know, Austin Blythe has been able to do that during the preseason, pretty much the same as Nopum, which is, which is great news. But like you said, they're moving everybody around con- constantly. And I don't think that we may not see quite a rotation here because we do have two games to f- fill Jamon Brown's spot, but at the same time, it's only two games. We know that that star is going to be back in that spot. So why not, if something's not working, have a little rotation going on? Yeah, and that's going to be the the thing to watch for McVay and see how they handle that and what the approach is, but only time will tell. But as we mentioned those offense alignment, I think I rattled off about uh, nine names there, and you know, you start to look at your, if you're going to carry eight, nine linemen, uh, what position are you going to maybe cut down a little short? Or, you know, where does these roster spots start to really fill in? And I saw an article by Lindsay 30 earlier um, that writes for ESPN LA, and she kind of did her uh, roster cut down to 53. And it's going to be something that we talk about over the next couple days as we uh, come to cut day. And with the Rams even coming in, it was pretty clear in a lot of positions what was going to happen, right? There weren't too many open spots, I felt like, you know, in the linebacking core was always, you know, some question marks and who was going to make the push there. What we're doing in the backup quarterback position, I think, which will be an ongoing conversation once we see some of the people that are released around the league and who's available, um, if Sean Manning's going to get that. But I kind of want to just take a couple positions, talk to you about it, and see what you think, what you think, and you know how deep we should go in those positions. So we'll start right there at quarterback. Uh, Lindsey Thirty kind of has it as Jared Goff, Sean Mannion, and Brandon Allen all making the team. Uh, it's hard for me to look and and at our three quarterbacks there and think we're going to have three quarterbacks on the roster considering uh, everyone after Jared Goff, I think really is replaceable on this roster. And, and to me, I don't want to say hasn't earned a spot, uh, but isn't super valuable to me at that point. So, you know, I see Sean Mannion being a guy, obviously the number two position, Brandon Allen didn't do anything to beat him out, but I don't see carrying three quarterbacks here. I almost don't even know if I see Sean Mannion on the team in you know two or three weeks so what are your thoughts on the quarterback position carrying three and who they are well bear i uh first of all your statement about mannion shots fired improved a bit shots fired dude i you know after week one i think we're both shooting at this guy but uh you know he has adjusted a bit he's gotten a little bit better still i feel comfortable having him as number two but to answer your original question, as far as how many we would keep at QB and who they'd be, well, we we I think for the past few years we've had uh, three in the quarterback position, and you know you you never know. You, we all pray that Jared Goff's going to start every single game, but at the same time, we got to play it safe there. And I think it's kind of. Uh, something that most teams do. I, I know three is a little deep. We don't even want Mannion to go into, into the game, but at the same time, we we did this last year, and I I don't think it's wrong having Allen there as well. I, but I do kind of wish that we'd get Allen a little bit more playing time in, in week four coming up just to see what he's capable of and have a little bit more comfort uh, with, with three in the death chart. But, you know, I I I can't uh, I can't argue with it. Yeah, and Perez is in the background going like, does 
do you guys hate me? Like, what happened? You sent me, <laughs> you sent me to Mexico. You put me in all this Rams gear and had me touring everyone around, and then you won't even let me play in a game? Come on. I'm still a little annoyed by that, but I know he's the four string. I know he's, you know, he's a long shot. He's, you know, from a tiny school. He was the ninth guy on the on the on the team and all that, right, right, right. But uh, let's see him play, man. He's got the fans want to see him play. I hope we get to see him a little bit in preseason four. I'm expecting uh, that because obviously you mentioned it right there. We're we're, we're going to see probably more of Brandon Allen, uh, probably a little bit less from Sean Mannion. Uh, I know he's probably going to start the game, but uh, maybe a quarter, and then get Brandon Allen in for you know three and uh, two and three, and then you know give the give the kid a, the fourth quarter, man. We'll we'll see what happens there, but I would love to see him play. I know he's not going to make the team. Obviously, he hasn't gotten any reps at this point, but uh, I'd love to see him get in the game. Moving along, uh, I'll just kind of go. The next one is a little interesting too. Running back, right? Todd Gurley, guaranteed the man, the myth, the legend, uh, right behind James, the man, the myth, the legend. And then uh, we got Malcolm Brown, Justin Davis, and John Kelly is how she's got it. Uh, four running backs making the team. Obviously, uh, we i kind of assuming that John Kelly is going to start jumping over some people. Uh, probably Justin mm-hmm. Davis, uh, potentially Malcolm Brown, if he continues to do what he's doing. The guy's been a stud all preseason. Don't expect to see him much on Thursday. Uh, obviously, we talked about the signing of the running back coming in. So, um, you know, look to see a couple different people out there. But... Thoughts at four running backs. Justin Davis, has he done enough for you to give him a roster spot? And uh, how are you comfortable with John Kelly at four, or does he slide up for you as well? Well, you talked about John Kelly jumping over people. I think he's going to jump over Justin Davis for that third position on the roster spot. And honestly, I don't know how much longer we're going to keep him on the roster, uh, Davis. he's He is a local boy, went to USC. We haven't seen much out of him, obviously. But I'm super jacked about John Kelly, what he's been doing in the preseason. And I can't wait to see him during the regular season. And to answer your question, I, I think he should be our, our number three right now. Yeah, so moving up one slot and then hopefully getting some action and, and continue to slide up a little bit more. Um, I'm with you, man. I, I want to see that guy get some run. He's been you know, finding himself in the end zone. Even even when he fumbles, he finds himself in the end zone. So uh, <laughs> that's something to say right there. But another interesting spot for running backs. Again, a lot of those guys can you know uh, switch over and play special teams. Uh, so that's probably mm-hmm. key to them as well. Here's, I think, one that's really interesting. And we'll actually grab this on the other side. Uh, we'll talk about the wide receivers, and then we'll look at a couple other positions. Uh, before we do that, I want to talk to you guys really quick about... I, I spoke yesterday about this, but one of our new partners here on the show is Ease. E-A-Z-E. It's a cannabis delivery tech platform that supports the legal cannabis industry. Think of Amazon meets Uber, but for cannabis. I mean, like, does it get better? Uh, all you have to do is go online to www.ease.com, E-A-Z-E.com, to sign up. Must be 21 or older. Find the products you like. The great thing about this is they have oils, creams, pens, flowers, edibles, pre-rolls, and yes, even pet products. So if you have any pet that's got some anxiety or anything like that, they've got some other uh, awesome stuff up there. The great thing I love about this is not only can you order it and get a bunch of awesome stuff there, they've got great information that tells you all about the great health benefits of cannabis and the things that you can utilize it that you really didn't know. Never miss kickoff with Ease. They're going to deliver to your house before, during, or after kickoff. Verified customers, retailers, cannabis brands, one-stop shop has got you covered. You can even track your delivery from beginning to end. 
Believe me, guys, I tried this last week when we first started working with them. It was delivered faster than a pizza. I couldn't even, like, if I ordered them both at the same time, maybe that's the best route to do. You, you get ease first, and then your pizza comes 20 minutes later, and you're set, ready to go. <laughs> but, man, it was within 10 minutes. I couldn't believe it. It was, it, was, it was amazing. So, trust me, guys, don't fight the lines of the local dispensary. Try ease today. I promise you will never shop for cannabis any other way ever again. Remember, guys, that is ease.co backslash locked on e-a-z-e dot co backslash locked on and you get twenty dollars off your first delivery when you use that link so ease.co backslash locked on don't forget it that's the hookup i mean come on guys who doesn't love a discount on cannabis we got one more word from another sponsor we'll be back with some more roster talk all right we are back with james kroger from Rams Podcast, the Wednesday edition, we're talking roster spots here. Uh, who's going to make the cut? Who's not? Uh, we'll continue to talk about this over the next couple of days. But we're looking at the wide receiver position, and we've seen a lot of standouts uh, go and make some plays during this uh, preseason. Obviously, you got Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Josh Reynolds, Mike Thomas, and Farrell Cooper all pretty locked in. And that's how um, the and that's how the ESPN article predicting the 53 roster has it at six wide receivers. James, are you good with six? Or with the depth that we have here, would you like to see seven or maybe even eight wide receivers make this team? Honestly, dude, I would I would like to maybe have one more wide receiver in there. That we have the depth. And with Sean McVay's offense, his innovative genius offense, I want to see him utilize even more receivers. The only reason I would say no is because I plan on getting some of these guys in my draft coming up soon on Saturday. <laughs> so I'd, I'd like, I prefer to them maybe to get a little more catches and some more yards. But being a Rams fan only, uh, you know, I, I think we this is an area where we, we do a good job and I want to see more and more options uh, with the depth on on the receiver so um yeah looking at all these positions going back to the beginning of the season when we're facing the draft it was like where do we need this depth where do we uh, need to build and it was two things the offensive line and our linebacker situation so we've been good with wide receivers for for the last two years so uh yeah of course I, i'd welcome another one but um you know games that that you were naming off there i i can't complain about yeah, definitely, and it's it is. You're right. There's we've got with McVeigh and the offense. You'd love to see some added depth there. Uh, we talked about how we lost Tavon, and a lot of people said, well, "Well, that's your that's your you know quote unquote gimmick guy or the guy that's going to run the jet sweep or the fake." You know, we used him in a lot of different things. So you know, there's a couple speed guys out there that would be nice that might fit that role. Obviously, Kadero Hodges had an amazing preseason. Jojo Natson, man, he was um, awesome in the return game. Uh, you know he could be flexible there if we need you know some depth at the return game um, showed you know some flashes at wide receiver and then there's Fred Brown who was you know kind of the the hottest receiver in last games had five catches and then um, Stephen Mitchell Jr. you know USC guy kind of came in with a little bit of local hype uh, another guy that's kind of on that border of you know you know he's got some high upside out of that group I'd love to see one or two. I think right now, uh, as it sits, we said there were six wide receivers on that projection 53-man roster, but I'd like to see that uh, move up to at least seven, possibly eight, and I think that could be Kaderil Hodge. I think he's really worked himself into earning a spot, and then that last mm-hmm. spot, really, you know, I could, I could, I'd be happy with the upside of, of Mitchell or even Brown. 
uh, as well. So we'll see how those guys play on Thursday and what they're doing on special teams I think is really going to be their key to make this team. But I'd like to see a little bit more at wide receiver. Well, I got one more for you, James, and then we'll, uh, and then we'll wrap this up and we'll come back and talk some more uh, roster stuff in the next couple days here. Uh, but you mentioned it on the defense side. We talked about linebacker and whatnot, inside, outside linebacker. Uh, you know, probably end up carrying about 10 people there. Cornerback's uh, another interesting spot, man. We are deep. We've got, obviously, Tlaib, Peters, Roby Coleman, Sam Shields, Troy Hill. Um, out of those positions, linebacker or cornerback, where do you want to see us carrying more? And I'll give you kind of an uh, inside scoop here on what ESPN's article says is inside linebacker, we're going to carry five Barron, Littleton, Wilson, Bryce Hager, and Kaiser. An outside linebacker would be Ebelcombe, Longacre, Easley, Ryan Davis, and Justin Lawler. So 10 linebackers got five cornerbacks. Out of that position, do you think we need more linebackers or add some more depth to that cornerback position? What are your thoughts? Uh, dude, with all these names you're saying, I, there's nobody who sticks out like, cut him, he's got to go. Right. Uh, don't see him making the team. I've I've loved what a lot of these guys have done in the preseason, especially uh, Corey Littleton, Ibakum, and Easley with his return. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to say, you know, we need to have less people here. I'm so pumped about this defense, especially last game, dude. I One of the first plays of, of last week was having Ndamukong Sue sack Watson and then LaMarcus Joyner with the interception. That would just got me so incredibly jacked for this defense this year. And I, I just, it just cranked up the volume of my anxiousness to, to have the season start. Um, and then, you know, the cornerbacks, dude, uh, NRC, Sam Shields has done great in the preseason. Troy Hill as well stepped it up. And then we got Tlaib and Peters, dude. The uh, Peters right now is the most interceptions in the league since he's been in the league. So where to make a cut here, it's really hard to say. Uh, if I had to, if you had a gun to my head and you were making me make this decision, I think, you know, outside linebacker would be a spot where maybe we could go with four. Um, but this, that's a tough call, man. I, I look at these names and just get excited, and I, I just can't – I don't think I could I could pull that trick. Yeah, and I think that's why I look at some of the other spots here, even in the running back area. Do we want to carry four? You know, maybe you, you just stick with three. Maybe Justin Davis has got to go on that group, and we put him on the practice squad. Again, that extra quarterback takes up a spot. You want, you know, you really want to run out Austin Davis out there and, you know, take up that another roster spot when he's most likely never going to play. Um, you know, I look at a guy like uh, Trayvon Young, you know, outside linebacker, uh, Will linebacker. Uh, flexible and where he can play. That would be another guy that, you know, I'd like to see make the roster, another young guy that's played pretty well. And then uh, Traven Howard as well, inside linebacker. Both those guys um, have come in and done some things. Obviously, we're really excited about Micah Kaiser and Hager and Rameek Wilson. So we've got a ton of guys. You're right. It's hard to make a choice, but I think I'd rather carry one heavier there and then go lighter at another position like quarterback or, you know, I think we're pretty good at cornerback, so uh, we should be good there. The depth is amazing on this team. That's what I love is you got to look at this roster up and down and, and remember that a lot of these guys are going to be filling in over to special teams. We had one of the best special teams in the league last year. It's an important part of football, and I'm excited to see what Bones is going to do with this group of guys that are fighting to make this team. But only time will tell, James. Only time will tell. I guess the biggest thing on Thursday is just come out healthy again. Obviously, a lot of the starters aren't going to play, but for these guys fighting to make the roster, they're going to be giving it their all. We'll continue to be talking about this as we get up to cut day, 
and uh, really see if there's any surprises coming. I think the great thing about our team is uh, we're pretty set, man. And once we can get Aaron Donald to show up, then we're extremely set. Uh, that hopefully will get solved by the end of the week, too. And then we'll do an emergency podcast because uh, that's <laughs> what we do when stuff like that breaks. So uh, we'll make sure to have James back on here to get his thoughts on the whole Aaron Donald thing. Uh, real quick before we get out, I thought it was pretty interesting. Geno Atkins just signed a four-year extension for $65 million, uh, $25.5 million in the first year. And then more than 50% of his contract, a.k.a. 37 mil, is paid in the first two years. That makes him extremely high paid. And I'm wondering if that's going to mess with the Aaron Donald thing at all because this is a different way to structure a contract. Obviously, Geno Atkins plays the same position. He's, he's a D-tackle. Uh, going to be interesting to see if Donald's watching this and if that's going to halt things or if they're in their own lane right now doing their own thing. But... I uh, thought I'd throw that in the last minute because saw that today, and I was like, I don't know if I like that or if I hate that. So, well, Rams Nation, with that said, again, we'll find out soon. But you know what it is. Until next time, Rams Nation. Peace. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.